Before he was everyone's favorite doctor, he was my favorite doctor. Stay tuned to learn how this local Washington, D.C., Virginia, Maryland area chiropractor used social media to transform his chiropractic practice. This is Michelle McKenzie, and welcome to the WTF Podcast, where we demystify entrepreneurship and the fog around funding. Dr. Reza Eftekar is the owner and clinical director of Metropolitan Head and Spine Center, with offices located in Virginia, Washington, D.C., and Georgia. He's an adjunct associate professor at George Washington University School of Medicine. He's also the number one chiropractor on social media within the DMV area with a TikTok following of over 400,000 and over 40,000 followers on Instagram. Before we dive into the episode, are you struggling to connect with your audience? If so, you may have a messaging problem. The PR University can help you fix that. If content is king, strategic positioning is queen. Getting your messaging to your desired audience is key. If you are an entrepreneur, author, speaker, subject matter expert, influencer, or business leader, the PR University might be right for you. Visit the PRUniversity.com to learn more and enter the code WTF25 to get 25% off. Reza, welcome to the WTF Podcast. Thank you, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I just want to say that Dr. Reza is my personal chiropractor. So before he became everyone's favorite (laughs) doctor, I was his favorite patient. You were one of the pioneers of my office, put some of the bricks down. That means I got to see the growth over time. Let's talk about that. I believe I asked you this many years ago when I first started seeing you, why you decided to go into chiropractic medicine. My mom and I were in a car accident. And since the car accident happened, she had um, not only pain from it, but she had this thing called vertigo. And they finally diagnosed it with Meniere's disease, which is really intense dizziness that also causes vomiting and the patient just falls out. And it can happen randomly. And she went to the doctor and we went to this car by this lady in Virginia. And one adjustment just saved her life, got her headaches away, dizziness gone. And she turned to me. She was like, look, Reza, you're good with your hands. You want to be a doctor. Why don't you do what she's doing? And I thought, That was such a big magic trick because she went through so many different doctors and nobody could cure it. With last doctor just told my mom, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to live with this for the rest of your life. And she was heartbroken about hearing that where she had no solution. And because it's one of those things where it got to a point where she almost stopped driving because even when she was driving, it could just happen out of nowhere and she would just be thrown off. It just, there's no stopping. And we almost took away her car from her just out of precaution. So it was definitely taking a toll on her. But one adjustment, I think what happened was her head is that sometimes the head is slightly off alignment. It will cause the fluid in the crystals in your ear to be off. And that will cause dizziness depending on if you have any sort of shakes, any sort of wrong movement, they can cause the crystals in the ear to get worse. 
And that one adjustment makes sure her head is on straight and stabilized her. So that's what happened. So then I saw that and I said, I got to do whatever she was doing. So then I got to profession. So you went to medical school and you became a chiropractor and you decided yeah. to open up your own practice, which is a business. Right. As a small business owner, what are the most important lessons you've learned about business since you started your practice? I think the biggest thing is consistency. Consistency is really key. Even when you don't have anybody on the schedule, you still go to work and you still try to achieve something out of that day. And because a lot of times it's so hard, you look at your schedule like one person, I could just go, let's see that one person go home where no, I have to go there and plan out how I'm going to take it to the next level. And in the beginning is the hardest when you not see anybody and back in the day, no social media really. And it's hard to have that motivation to be consistent on something that you're not seeing results right away. And that really is key to just be consistent with something that you're not going to see results sometimes for a long time after it's done or not ever. Maybe it could fail and just falls out. You bootstrap this business. So having to go to work, even though there's only one client or one patient on the list and knowing that you're paying rent for the facility for one patient for the day. That is key. When I first started my office, it is a little bit of a story. Since I actually never shared it with you. I will tell you. I should really write what? a book. You were holding out on me after these years? Holding out. This, now it's coming out. I was waiting for your podcast. I was waiting for your podcast. <laughs> it's I didn't have any money. And so I started calling all the chiropractors within the area in Virginia to see who would let me do like a percentage thing with them. I called a bunch of places. Nobody really was dealing with me regarding that. And then one person was like, okay, I'll do it. So I came talk to him. I said, okay, this is my situation. I don't have any money, but I'll give you a percentage. What percent do you want? He said, just give me 40% of everything you make. I was like, that's for more than that. My secretary is your secretary. My equipment, your equipment, just do your thing. I wish you the best, blah, blah, blah. Just come in. Here's the key to the office. I said, okay, great. So I made some business card. I went out to the field, literally store to store. And that's a story by itself. But I started to meet some people. And then I met this medical doctor who actually graduated from my alma mater from my college. And so I said, hey, you know, I'm a chiropractor. Can you help me? He's like, sure, I'll send you some patients. A month goes by and he's not sending anything. So I called him up. I said, hey, doc, what's going on? You have answers. Yeah, I've sent you plenty of people. I said, no, I haven't seen any. He's let me call one of them. He called one of them. He's yeah, he called me back. Said, yeah, he told me he can't. I said, what do you mean? I haven't seen a single soul. And I said, this guy is stealing from me. I was like, there's no way he's stealing from me. I was like, please don't. I don't think. So I called the office and I changed my voice to see what's going on. They're supposed to say when somebody picks up, which doctor you want to see the secretary. And I said, I'd like to make an appointment for a car. And they were like, oh yeah, doctor. I won't say the other doctor's name. Dr. So-and-so is available. Because they didn't even mention me at all. I was like, oh shit. Okay, maybe they made a mistake. So I hung up. I called my wife. She called the office and literally said my name. I want to make an appointment with Dr. Reza. And they said, he's not available. Only doctors available. And she's like, I will wait. I will wait. Tell me when he's available. 
And the other doctor, I don't know, he was desperate. He must have been. He picked up the phone right there. It was weird. Tell my wife, no, you come see me. I'm right here. Make your way. I was like, this guy just stealing all these people from me. And I remember at that moment, just, just guttural thing you get in your throat, just all right through me. And I was like, this whole month, I'm driving all over from Maryland to here, staying all day, trying to be consistent. I'm coming all days for a month, seeing zero people. I'm driving 40 minutes, 40 minutes back. And oh, I remember I was burning it inside. So I go talk to him the next day. I didn't want to say, hey, I knew you did it. I was just trying to give a chance because I was desperate for an opportunity to have a spot. I said, yeah, I don't think your secretaries are trained. We tried to calling and they're not mentioning my name. He takes the table and goes, you think I'm stealing patients from you? Oh. Just get up and just pounding his desk at me so hard. I said, there's no fixing this. I said, I just took it that day and I went and slept on it. I came back the next day. I gave him the key. I said, that's not for me. I was like, there's no way this guy's stealing from me. And what did you and do I, next? Huh? So I went on Craigslist, the old-fashioned way, and looked for something I can afford. I looked at my bank account. I had $700 left. What can I do? I found this one spot that was this engineer. This guy who was a full-time engineer was a tax guy during tax seasons. Had one spot. Maybe the whole spot was 600 square feet, something like that. Something, not, not even, sorry, not even 600. Put it like four, 500 square feet, something like that. And uh, he, he said, I only need half the room and the other half I don't need. It's one room. It's just half of him. So it was $200 a month. I said, okay, I got three months to make it. And I got $100 left to buy new business cards because that one was all of the other guy's information. And I wish we could get something for $200 a month these days. That was a steal back then. It was a hole in a wall. Don't think it was a steal. It was a shithole. It doesn't matter. Even shitholes are more than $200 yeah. these days. Yeah, I was sharing the same room with the same person. So you don't, I didn't even have the place to myself. And this is, we're talking eight years ago as well. And it was in Springfield. The building was kind of run down. You know what I mean? It was pretty much too And The walls were paper thin. I mean, you get, it was $200, trust me. It was still two hundred. It was. It should have been free. It felt right? like two hundred dollars. So literally, he would go. So you paid too much. Yeah, pretty much. Literally, if he coughed, I hear it through the walls. Okay, so it was two hundred. So especially when I'm sharing it with the same guy. Not, I don't even have my own privacy room. But the guys, he's, I just come in the evenings when you're not there. But you walk in. First of all, I didn't have a sign on the door. I didn't have money left over for that. So the first thing is that people come in. They see it says tax guy on the door. They walk, open the door directly in front of them is this tax guy. He says another on his walls is like, tax. and then all these books of tax and a desk and a chair. And then you see me in the corner to the right. I'm sitting there. I'm not going to lie. If I walked into that situation, I would think this is so sketch. Yes. Where did I just walk into? Yeah. You know what? What happened was that here's what happened. The guy that I rented from, he said, do you have a desk and chair? I said, I don't have anything. He's okay. I have some desk and chair I bought from Ikea. I was like, great. He literally gave me, look, this desk, I appreciate it. I'm not making fun of it, but I'm just telling you what it is. It was a plastic desk. If I did like this, it would flip over, right? He gave me three chairs, one for me and two in front of me. And I had my chiropractic table that my mom bought for me for 
$200 and $250 on Amazon. So I had that and I had the desk and chair that this guy donated to me. And then he gave me like a little trash can this big. I was like, great, that's all I need. So I'm like, okay, I made some business card. I hit the road. I'm going store to store. I'm introducing, I finally hit up this Staples. This was my big break. See, throughout business, you have these like, it goes up as you go in. And then you have these one big break will just shoot you right up. And then you go consistent, go straight and go. And then you go to the next level. And each time you get one of these breaks, you jump to the next level. So I go to the Staples. This was one of my big breaks. So I go there. I see they have desk and chairs for like or office desk and chair. I say, okay. I go to the manager, general manager. I say, listen, I deal with ergonomics. I'm a doctor. I will help you sell those desk and chairs. But in return, let me advertise myself. So I will help you make sure they get the right desk and chair for their posture and stuff like that. She's okay. So I go there. I don't know. I didn't know anything. So I didn't ask her, what time should I go? And how often are people running to Staples for a desk and chair? So I just randomly show up and I'm standing there and now I'm walking around Staples. 20 minutes goes by. 30 minutes goes by. One hour goes by. Now I'm starting talking to myself. Reza, mom told me, just go work for somebody else. What are you doing? What are you doing? Just go work. What are you doing? An hour and a half rolls by, two hours rolls by. I'm walking around the staples. Nobody buying a desk and chair. Two and a half hours go. Now I'm like this. Then I see one guy rolling by, just walking past me. I said, I got to give this card to somebody. He passed by me. This guy, this white guy, he was so funny. I said, hey, I'm a chiropractor. Like that. He was just minding all his own. He's oh, okay. He grabs a card from me. He looks at it. He's oh, cool. I'm about to go to one for the first time tomorrow. I don't know what got into me to say the following. I said, no, you're going to come see me tomorrow. And as soon as I said that, I said, that was so inappropriate. He's going to turn around and talk to me. What if I have an appointment? What if I'm going to come see you tomorrow? Who are you? Walk around in the staples. Rushing your car at me. That's weird, right? As soon as I said, I was like, okay, this was a bad idea. And he literally was like, okay, yeah, I'll come see you tomorrow. I was like, okay. Look at that. I didn't say that like that, but I was like, okay, sure. Around what time? He's like, four o'clock, what a Bible got BM. I was like, okay. Literally, I'm standing all day from morning to evening at my office the next day. Five o'clock, this guy's going to show up. So he comes in and I still see him to this day. Great guy. And so he goes to, and I hook him up, right? He was an army veteran. He had a lot of situations. They told him he needs surgery. I hooked him up. He loved it. So now here's my big break. He tells his mom started a church, has a church. And his mom came in. I hooked up his mom. They loved it. They see me, a kid, 26-year-old kid, sitting at a little thing, trying to make it in life. And I did a good job for them at the same time. Told the entire church, all these people in church, people are coming to me. <laughs> and the mom, I remember first thing was like, oh, let me, where's your trash can? Out of that little trash can I was telling you about. She was like, that's not a trash. I was like, that's all I have. I'm about to bring you some trash cans. So the guy, and she's so sweet, she bring me. The church donates to me. Trash cans, I still use it to this day. And so that was one of my breaks where it, it gave me life. Because of all the stuff I've been going through a month of that guy and this situation, I walk around, I'm going to store, store, nobody really coming in. And that was one of my big ways where like a bunch of people came. I was like, okay, it's possible. It's going to happen. That means if it's happening, that means it's 
then I just have to be consistent. Get it. And that gave me a little bit of boost of energy to the next level. So that's where the, that consistency comes in because you never know one big break. I happened to be at a Staples. This guy ran and walked in. I was so desperate. I was like, I got to give this damn card to somebody. And he just ran it to his face and he just happened to take it and take me to the next level with that. I would just like to say as an adviso that though that strategy worked for Reza, <laughs> I don't know that it will necessarily work for you. So just be careful who you rush in a store with your card. I just right, want to say that, right. but that's a great story because it's a story of determination. You were determined. You saw that one person and that one mm. person was like your lifeline. And you're like, I'm going to have to make this work somehow. Yeah. And you yeah. took a shot and it paid off. Yes. And then that led to something else and creates yes. a snowball effect. When I met you, it was a shed fat party back in those days when they were doing those daytime fitness parties. Yes. And you had the little foot scanner thing. And I've always known I was a little bit off and I took yeah. the scan and you were offering a free follow-up session for anyone who purchased the scan. I acted on it. I went. And I've been going to you ever since because you make things happen for people. Mm. I'm not your easiest mm. patient. <laughs> I don't always listen. <laughs> mm. I'm with you. When you tell me, yes. okay, Michelle, you need to come into treatment. And I'm like, but, and you're yeah. like, oh, you cannot do it. And then I don't do it. And then I'm in more mm. pain. And then I come in <laughs> and I do what you say. And yep. then I'm fine. Right. It works out. If I wasn't getting value out of coming to see you, I wouldn't still be coming to see you. How many years ago was that? Three, four, four, five years ago? Probably five years ago. Probably Maybe five years ago because this pandemic thing, this whole period was, it's three years Maybe now. More. And it was like two years, years, about two years before that. Yeah. Since yeah. I've been coming to see you. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. And things have gone up even more significantly for you since. Now right. tell me, what advice would you give to other small business owners that you wished someone would have given you when you started? Don't underestimate social media. I think that was one of my biggest mistakes where I underestimated social media big time to a point my wife was saying, you can get on Instagram. I was like, no one's going to come from Instagram. Who's going to come from Instagram? Somebody's going to see me from California. Are they really going to come? Boy, was I wrong? Yeah, they will come from California. It's more Bahamas. They come from Canada. They come from Netherlands. They come from Europe. They come from everywhere. They will people will come. But not only that, if I got on that earlier, I would be even bigger than I am now. Social so media. Tell, tell us about the importance of social me media marketing for the growth of your business because it's been significant. Over four hundred thousand followers on TikTok. Over 40,000 yeah. on Instagram? For 400,000 followers, I would say, I think I have 7 or 8 million likes on my TikTok videos. Overall, if you count all of them, 7.2 or something like that. Between 7 and 8 million people like my videos. And even more than that have seen it. I have videos that have 22 million people seen it. 7 million people seen it. 8 million people seen it. You can't get those numbers. I don't care how much footwork you do. I used to go to, before social media really kicked in for me, I used to go to all these events. So I would pay like $300 to go to this event in Secret Service, State Department, Department of Defense, U.S. Mint, 
uh, NBC Health and Fitness Expo. And I would stand there for hours and take all my staff with me, take all these foot scanners with me and stand there all day, maybe talk to 200 people. Now I post one video, thousands will see it within seconds. And they actually see my work not just talk to me. So they connect with me on a different level. Then people will see their friends. DC is a small area. They'll be like, oh my God, he goes, oh. And people would just become because they were like, oh, they see my friends. And then there's this new thing on Instagram now that you can collaborate where I will take my video and me and Michelle will collaborate on a video and all of Michelle's friends will see it. And it doesn't matter if Michelle has 50 friends or 5,000 friends. That 50 friends is more valuable sometimes than 10,000 friends. And I'm not saying Michelle, I don't know how many friends you have. I'm just making it up. But because that because 50- they know me. Yes, because they, and they know trust you. Me. They trust you. That 50 is more important. I've gotten more out of somebody who has 50 friends than 20,000 followers because that's authentic, real friends. If Michelle says on the video, come see him, that 50 people will be like, Michelle's not going to bullshit me. Then I'm going to go see him. So I get more value from that. And this collaboration helps so much. And that's fairly new within the last few months or so, where now I collaborate with it. Because it doesn't matter. And that's another thing I learned recently. Before I was like, why am I collaborating with this guy? He only has 50 friends. But then I read a book. I was like, I think, I don't even know if it was a book or through TikTok or is it Gary V? Maybe it was Gary V. I don't know if you heard of him, but he's pretty well known. I know what Gary V is. I think Gary V was like, yeah, it's 50, but that's a powerful 50. That's intimate 50. That's 50 people that trust him. You should not underestimate those 50 people. That 50 people will turn into more. And I think that's also a good ode to valuing people and connections based on the number because a lot of people have people who follow them, but a very small percentage of that sometimes become actual customers, right? And sometimes business people get confused between followers and actual customers who actually yeah. goes all the way through your sales funnel to purchase something from you. And in this case, it's your services as a chiropractor. Yeah. It's not just about the numbers because some of those people could just be dead weight. They're just fluffed. They're just there for the shock value of the videos when you crack somebody's neck or actually for the transformation when you do something and someone's, oh my gosh, I've chronic pain for so long and this one adjustment has already given me so much relief. And they're Mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness, I've had that same issue for so long and I thought I had to live with this pain. And now I see that I, might not have to live with that pain. There's a possibility for relief. Yeah. Big people see others, people's be like, oh, that I have the same exact situation. And you know what? Now you say it. I remember my professor, one of my patients in clinic and student clinic was like, hey, can I take a video of my mom getting adjustment? And my professor is there. He's no, we don't do that. And then after that, he's like, I don't let anybody take videos. And they're like, that, that ingrained in me where I went into the real world and I was like, no, I'm not taking video of my work. That's weird. And I think that just promoted me to just like ignore social media on top of that. And then just make up stuff as to why I thought it was beneath me to be on video. And I don't know if that kind of ingrained me, but it's a new world I got was old fashioned. But nowadays that's not how it works. I don't care if you're selling books. I don't care what, I was reading one book about social media where they were like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. You got to be on social media. I don't care if you have a bookstore, you should be on social media. This is a guy from England I watched. 
that sells like men's clothing and ties and he has this English accent so unique he talks about suitcases and so that. I thought it's so intriguing I was like if I ever go to England I'm gonna go see the guy and buy something from him and see so many people call him and ship his suits to that the thing you have a similar phenomenon happening with you I've seen people reaching out to you from different parts of the country, people driving from different states, flying in even from different countries to come and see you. Now, tell us about how social media has catapulted you to this status of celebrity chiropractor. Who are some of the people that have come to see you as a result of your social media presence? Okay, let's see. Braxton Sisters... Nivia the singer, the Samuels from Monique and Chris Samuels, the NFL player. And what's his name? Okay, you put me on this spot. Something Davis. What's the football? Vernon Davis is what I meant to say. He's legendary football player. Let's see. All the celebrities, singers, rappers from here, DMV area. Do you uh, also do some things with Floyd Mayweather's camp Floyd as well? Floyd Mayweather's camp as well, yep. Tiny and TI and stuff like that through them, they coming in. Let's so, see. so like, this is a good, this is a good segue into housewives, different housewives yeah. in Atlanta. Yeah. So now you are moving into the Atlanta market because a lot of people from some of the reality shows out of Atlanta have come to your mm-hmm. practice. And so now you are expanding into that market as well. Yeah, all the Fox 5 people, I go there, 95.5, all the radio stations and stuff like that go regularly to them. I think within the DMV area, popularity-wise, I should be the number one. I think number-wise, too, but as far as how busy I am, i probably number one chiropractor, really. Definitely from popularity-wise, and within the DMV, for sure, no doubt about it. And that's thanks to yeah. social media. You can get as busy as you want, but don't ever get too busy for me. Oh, oh. For, you know what? You, we you have like, this conversation. Don't play. <laughs> look, no, I know. it's. I have my OGs, the pioneers of my office. Loyalty is always there. You can't ever forget about it. Let me tell you this. Also, don't underestimate anybody based on their social media. There are plenty of people very well connected. Very well. It's true. It's not all about social media. People just look at, oh, how many followers that? It's not about that. There are very well-known business people, businessmen. It's not based on that. I know really rich, well-connected businessmen that have no followers, don't even have social media. Or if you look at the social media, it's very small. I will say this. I attended your Christmas party and I brought my mentee with me so that she could network. And that led to her getting a media feature for her business for Black History Month on DC Now News. So there you go. There you go. Yep. You yep. never know who's in the room, and never, people's values are not attached to their social media following. Exactly. So just Absolutely. remember that. Absolutely. And so that's really big thing. That's one of the things that people have to understand that you can't just judge someone based on their social media status. That means almost nothing to a lot of people. And so they're really well-known business people, restaurant owners that are connected through and through. But you look at their Instagram, they have 200 people, 2,000 people. That doesn't matter anything. So then this market in Atlanta kicked in. So then I met this guy. He was a personal trainer. 
kind of segueing to Atlanta because you brought that up earlier. He had some business in Virginia. And as soon as somebody comes from elsewhere, I'm well connect people know me. If somebody says, I got a little bit of twinge on my back, everyone's like, you got to go see Reza. And so this guy comes in, Jack through his mind, personal trainer, really well known in Atlanta. And every time he comes, I hooked him up. He loved it. Then every time he came to Virginia, he came, saw me. He posted me and that. Then once he posted me, people flying from Atlanta to see me. And I see this influx of Atlanta and New York are my biggest places where people constantly come in. I have people from New York today. And so it comes in, all these people come from Atlanta and past couple of years, he'd been telling me, whispering my, hey man, you should come to Atlanta. I was like, that's now I'm going to be flying to Atlanta, blah, blah, blah. He's like, yeah, a couple then two years later, finally, I get myself together, got my Georgia license and boom, I come to Atlanta. This guy has a gym. So I started a gym in October. I went there this past year, five months ago. And since I went from there, I moved out of the gym. Now I have my own bigger spot within that, another office. Now very soon I have my own personal office. But we're booming through there. Atlanta, I'm about to go there on Sunday this weekend. I'm probably going to see oh, 100, 150 patients. It's wild within two All days. just waiting for the RZA show. Yeah, all waiting for the RZA show. We're throwing it down. And I think part of it, probably part of my attraction is, yes, I do work. But I think people going to gravitate towards my personality. So people coming in, they already know me. You know, it's funny when new patients come to my office, they're sitting there, they look at me, they're like, and they, they, and I, they have built a relationship with me, but I don't know them. So I see it in their face, like they want to jump and hug me because they like it too with me. But they also know that, I don't know who the hell this guy is. Like, he can't just jump and hug me like it. But I see it every day, so, you know, I just can say hi to them right away. And then, but once they come in the room, I kind of open up a little bit more for them. Give them that a little bit of show that they expect them because they see it. They're like, oh, my God, you're exactly like your TikTok videos. I was like, call me crazy. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, but yes. And yeah, and your personality on social media in general is not for show. You really are that gregarious and your personality is consistent with who you are. As we're getting ready to wrap up, what advice would you give to listeners about maintaining good chiropractic health? Posture, posture, posture. Structure dictates posture. If you look down at your cell phone like this, every inch your head is forward, it adds 15 pounds of pressure down your back. That's probably the key. Structure dictates your function. And if your structure is bad, you have a hump, then your shoulder's not going to go, your neck can't move. And then how are you going to exercise? How are you going to look up? Then these things just go over time, just turn even further. And then you've seen those old people walk like this. They weren't born that way. It's a gradual process. That's the key. Any other piece of chiropractic advice? Oh, you want more? Okay, I got you. Maybe one more? Okay. I think the second piece of chiropractic health advice would be ergonomics and stretching more often. So making sure that that ties into bad posture, but making sure that your work environment fits you. A lot of people try to fit their work environment where the chair, their desk is too high and they just deal with it. If the chair is too low, they just deal with it. They, they, this is uncomfortable. They'll sit a certain way. They sit like this. So your work environment has to fit you rather than you fitting your work environment. So ergonomics is key and stretching every hour or so standing up looking up a little bit, stretching backwards, and strength and exercise, overall health. As we get ready to wrap up, tell people listening where they can find you. Okay, easy. 
at my favorite doctor, at my underscore favorite underscore doctor, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, anywhere you want. Check me out. Link in the bio. My website is there. And you can Google Metropolitan Headache and Spine Center, or you can call 703-678-9726. All right. And don't worry, folks. I'll put a lot of this information in the show notes. So don't worry if you didn't catch it right now. Reza, thank you so much for helping me to relieve and manage my pain and also being a source of relief for so many other people. Thank you so much. Um, Thanks for the opportunity to get on your platform. To my listeners, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't keep good content to yourself. If you enjoyed this episode, let me know by rating, reviewing, and sharing this episode with three friends. Subscribe to the podcast at its home on the Alive Podcast Network. Follow the podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platforms to get notified when new episodes drop. To be a guest or sponsor the podcast, email at where's the funding gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Instagram at where's the funding underscore podcast and follow me, your host, Michelle J. McKenzie, and the show on LinkedIn. Join me next Friday for another episode.